Welcome to the Undefeated Podcast with Sara. Did you know that you don't need to live feeling defeated in any area of your life? I believe a huge part of us learning to live from the place of victory is learning to see from God's perspective and discern what's heaven's agenda in this particular season in your life and in the world around you. In this podcast, we will practice discerning what God is doing, both regarding our individual journeys and corporately, so that we can partner with Him in seeing His kingdom come and will be done right now on earth as it is in heaven and live our lives undefeated. Hello, friends. So today I am going to be talking about one of my very, very, very favorite topics, which is the glory of God. I I mentioned a few weeks ago how I feel like the names of my third year students are often very prophetic and God is speaking to me into the season that we are in through their names. And one of my third year's names this year is Gloria, which is very appropriate for this season. And um, I've been mentioning this also earlier that I feel like we are in a season where God is wanting to reveal his glory and manifest his presence in very tangible ways. And the really fun thing is that this week, it actually is Gloria's birthday week. Uh, her birthday was on Monday and uh, she just turned 21. And I was thinking about this, how uh, in my own life, uh, my like my hunger to see God's glory and um, his manifest presence in my life and through my life. And it kind of, it started, it started stirring in my heart exactly 21 years ago which is kind of crazy and fun. It's like the moment I started to cry out for God's glory, that's when Gloria was actually born. <laughs> but uh, in tw- 21 years ago, I was actually living in Norway and I was uh, doing a YWAM DTS. And I remember reading this book. Uh, it's called Glory When Heaven Invades Earth. It's not the same book as our pastor here, Pastor Bell. He's also written a book called When Heaven Invades Earth, but this is a different book. And I I remember when I was reading this book, it was, there was something in my heart, something in my spirit that just uh, was responding to God and being like, I, I hunger for more of your presence. I want to have that experiential knowledge of your presence in my life. And, uh, um, if you knew me around that time and, and even like several years from then on, like when I was asked to speak or share in any meeting, it was more than likely that I was talking about the glory of God. And uh, it has been like this thread throughout my life that um, and kind of the vocal point and my, my focus in like what I'm um, going after in so many ways and and even the reason why I want to dance it's uh I I want 
more of God's presence. I want to partner with his presence. And I remember when I lived in Israel, um, this was in 2001, I believe. So during that year, we went to the Wailing Wall, the Western Wall. And if you've been to Israel, that's that's the place where... um, People often put little prayer requests. They write them on pieces of paper and they put them in the wall. And I I remember writing like my prayer request was that I want to see the glory of God manifested in my life. And I also I remember then a few years later, I moved to Australia and that's where I was studying dance for three years in Sydney. And one of our classes, the principal of the school had this class called One Big Thing where everybody was asked to think about and pray about like what is one big thing that you are wanting to go after in your life and there were multiple different things that different students had on their hearts I remember there was one girl who had been married for a while and they hadn't been able to have children and her one big thing was to become a mom and when when she was sharing about it, I just remember feeling God's heart for her. And and it's so amazing to see now that um, she's actually a mother of several kids right now. And so during that time also, I remember when I was sharing what's what my one big thing, it was to see God's glory manifested. And uh, um, I I wanted to kind of unpack that a little bit this week like what am I even what am I even talking about when I'm talking about God's glory um that it's not just some I think people have all kinds of ideas and sometimes misconceptions as well and um what they what they think what it is and um I (laughs) I think oftentimes when we talk about the glory of God people think of like um clouds of gold dust and stuff like that which I actually honestly believe that God can manifest his presence in that way too and some of you may remember there was a a season many years ago I'm not exactly sure what year it was but when I I was living here in Reading and in our in our church at Bethel there was actually that kind of manifestation that uh there was like this cloud of glitter like gold dust that just appeared it started appearing when we were worshiping and uh and I so I was actually in the room so I'm not making fun of it it was powerful powerful encounter and experience and and the thing was that it it actually wasn't about the gold dust like that wasn't the center of attention but it was the presence of God that was so tangible and thick in the room that partly like you almost forgot about the manifestation in that moment because you were so focused on the Lord I actually remember just we were dancing one of the times and I was on stage and I I just fell on the floor and I I could not move because I felt the weight of God's presence the weight of his glory uh, in such a tangible way in the room and and it, it was it was such a beautiful, powerful, glorious time. So um, I totally believe that that's, that's part of it. Like God can actually, there can be several different types of physical manifestations 
when we when we talk about God's glory. But I just wanted to even like differentiate that right from the beginning that when I want to say that I want to see God's glory, I'm not just talking about some random separate manifestation, but I'm actually talking about God's presence. Um, and yeah, like his, his presence of being manifested in the way that we actually experience his heart in that. And, and I also think it's really a funny coincidence. I don't know if it's a coincidence or God incidence that like this year, it's also, it's the 21st birthday of Gloria. Um, and here in, in the US, uh, 21 is also the official age of uh, being allowed to drink. <laughs> and, um, and I felt like, actually, it was one of my other third years, Deborah, who brought this up and was saying like, that's, that's so amazing. Like, that's kind of cool, like, uh, that we get to be so intoxicated with God's presence and with his glory, um, that it's like, it's the, even the age 21, 21 is speaking about that, like, it's the legal age <laughs> to drink. And obviously, I'm not, I'm not talking about alcohol here. I'm talking about being intoxicated in God's presence and, and receiving um, the wine of his presence, his goodness, his, his love for us in, in ways like never before. So um, I'm going to be reading some scriptures for you guys today and also sharing some of my, my own experiences. And um, first of all, I, I just I wanted to read a few scriptures from the Old Testament, which um, also kind of explain why I sometimes think that when we talk about the glory of God, that we are just talking about some some clouds or glitter or things like that, because that is that that is a real manifestation that actually Bible is also referring to. So uh, in Exodus forty. And I'm going to read from the verse 34. This is from NIV. Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses could not enter the tent of meeting because the cloud had settled on it and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And, and then it goes later that so the cloud of the Lord was over the tabernacle by day and fire was in the cloud by night in the sight of all the Israelites during all their travels. So that's, that's an example where the presence of God was actually manifested tangibly, physically. People could see it, they could feel it. Um, and, um, and it was so, so tangible uh, God's presence was so tangible that it said that in the beginning that Moses could not enter the tent of meeting because the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And the same way also like it's when it's talking about um, Solomon's temple in 2 Chronicles 7. I, I'll read from verse 1 to 3. It says that when Solomon finished praying... Fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering on the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. The priests could not enter the temple of the Lord because the glory of the Lord filled it. When all the Israelites saw the fire coming down and the glory of the Lord above the temple, they knelt on the pavement with their faces to the ground 
And they worshipped and gave thanks to the Lord, saying, He is good, his love endures forever. Yeah, that's a, another similar story um, where it says that when the glory of the Lord filled the temple, and here it to- it's talking about as a, an actual fire that came down, and um, and then it says that the priest could not even enter the temple because the glory of the Lord filled it. And uh, it was another one of those like tangible manifestations of God's presence being amongst them. And and also in the New Testament, in, in Luke 2, uh, this is the, the Christmas story where when Jesus was born, um, I'll just read from the verse 8, it says that, um, uh, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. So again, like this was at the birth of Jesus, where it says that the glory of the Lord shone around them. And it was it was tangible. It was a, a, a physical thing that they, they could feel it in the like sensory level um, to the point that there was like, they, they were fearful and the angel had to like calm them down and say like, do not be afraid that this is, this is good. This is good news um, that Jesus has been born and he's the savior. And, um, and also, so I, about the same topic that when we talk about the glory, that it, it is about the presence of God um, you guys might remember uh, the story also in Exodus where Moses is actually asking God to show him his glory. And, uh, and that's in the context of uh, God, is, um, God is actually already, he's, he's promised that his presence will go with them. Um, this is in Exodus 33, uh, 14 to 23, if you want to read about it, it, it says that uh, the Lord replied, so this is to Moses, he says that my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Then Moses said, now show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Uh, 
and and then the story goes where the Lord actually, uh, he says that um, you cannot see my face for no one may see my face and live. No one may see me and live. And then the Lord said, there is a place near me where you may stand on the rock, where my glory passes by. I will put you in the cleft of the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand and you will see my back, but my face must not be seen. And I think this is such an interesting story and also kind of helps to bring understanding like what when we talk about God's presence and his glory like at the first look it may be like wait a second like if you say God's presence is the same as his glory so why does God first say here that my presence will go with you but then when Moses is asking to see God's glory God is saying like, you can't see my face and live. And and God actually has to hide Moses in the cleft of the rock when he's passing by. And um, so how does, how does this actually make sense? Like how, how, how can we have God's presence? Um, and then like, how does it relate to this whole concept of like, what's, is there a difference between God's glory and God's presence? And this was one of the things that I, when I was reading the book on glory 21 years ago, um, I felt like uh, it was explained in, in such a beautiful way. And um, the author was talking about how um, in like, if we would, if we would draw like a diagram on, <laughs> on the intensity and God's presence being manifested, uh, obviously, we can't put God in a box or in a diagram, but uh, let's just pretend that we could. So like on the most basic level, we all know that God is omnipresent, which means that he's everywhere at all times. Like in, in Psalms uh, 139, uh, verse 7, David is actually saying that, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me. Even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. So David is here describing the reality that there is no place where God's presence is not. Like you can't go anywhere where he's not there. <laughs> and, and that's like the most basic level of where his presence, his presence is everywhere. But then again, there are places where his presence can be manifested uh, in a more more tangible way. For example, it says that um, where there are two or three gathered in the name of Jesus, like this is in Matthew 18, 19 to 20. Jesus says that, again, truly, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for it will be done for them by my father in heaven for where two or three gather in my name there i am with them so uh 
There is a special way that Jesus is present where we are gathered together in his name. So it's like his presence actually becomes more manifest when we are gathered in his name. And, uh, and then also in the scripture, it talks about um, how God is enthroned in the praises of his people or he dwells in the praises of his people. In, in Psalm 22, verse 3, this, is, this translation is from the New King James. It says that, but you are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. And uh, so it's, it's, again, it's another level of uh, like God's presence is actually manifested, that he's actually enthroned. And uh, he dwells in that place where we are lifting up his name, where we're worshiping, where we're adoring. And so there are actually different levels of his presence uh, coming to us and encountering our hearts. And uh, another good way of describing this is uh, in Isaiah 6, uh, verse 1. Um, I actually read this last week, but it's talking about, um, well, the verse starts by saying that in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on the throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. And the way this verse can be translated that the train of his robe filled the temple is like he was already there. But his presence also kept coming. The train of his rope actually kept coming in. So there was more and more of his presence coming in. And, uh, and obviously, like, so heaven is the place where the fullness of God's presence is. Uh, that's where his presence is fully manifest. And... Uh, so again, if we go back into the image that I said earlier, like if we would pretend that on the most basic level, if we would draw the diagram, like God is omnipresent. He's everywhere at all times. And heaven is the place all the way up on the other side of the diagram where God's presence is fully manifest. So uh, when we talk about glory, it's like uh, the threshold somewhere where God's presence becomes so tangible that it's actually it crosses like this sensory threshold that it comes into our lives into our worlds where where we get to see and hear or feel or smell or taste and experience his reality so when I'm talking about God's glory that's what I'm talking about of us actually being able to God taking us into that place where we get to experience him. And I, I believe that that's what God is really, God wants for us. He's uh, even like, you know, uh, the Lord's prayer where he's asking us to pray that let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And, and again, what makes heaven heaven is his presence, is his presence is manifest there in in its fullness. And I, I believe that God is wanting to bring his presence and manifest his presence. And he's wanting to make us into vessels that can actually carry his glory, get, that can carry his presence. And 
there's so many promises in the scripture about this, even um, well, Isaiah 60, there's the verse that says that arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth and thick darkness is over the peoples, but the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Wow. So God wants, even in the midst of the darkness, I believe that God is wanting to manifest his glory amongst us that we get to shine his presence to the people around us. And in Habakkuk 2.14, it says that for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as waters cover the sea. And if you think about this, like how do waters cover the sea? Waters completely cover the sea. There is no sea without water. So that's the way how God wants his glory and the knowledge of his glory to actually cover the whole earth. Um, and uh, I was thinking back to one of my own experiences, my encounters with God's manifest presence, with his glory. And, and this was again, this was the same year, 21 years ago, when I I started like crying out for God's God's presence to be manifested in my life and I wanted to encounter him uh like like never before and um and I remember I I'm actually sharing this story also in my first book the encountering God through dance but I um I was about to go to one of our classes in in this DTS discipleship training school that I was doing and um and all of a sudden it was like I caught up God God like took me up into this place of of an encounter and experiencing him and um and our school leader was actually right there in the room and there were some students around too but um the class was already starting but my school leader noticed that God was doing something really deep uh in me in that moment and and he was about to come and pray for me and afterwards he actually told me that God's presence and his holiness was so strong that he couldn't even lay hands on me and pray for me like he just had to kind of stand a little bit in distance and and just intercede because he could tell that God was encountering me in such a powerful way and I'm not going to share the whole encounter but but I I remember like I I started actually seeing, first of all, like I, I started seeing Jesus in his glory, in like his resurrection glory. Like it wasn't like Jesus, Jesus has appeared to me several times kind of in the human form. And, um, and I have had some incredible, amazing encounters like that. But in this encounter, it was like I, I saw him glorified. I saw him in his, uh, like, I don't know. I don't know if I can use the word in the fullness of his glory because that's probably not quite right. I'm sure there is even more to come. But for me, it was like all I could take, and and to the like the brightness of his presence, like the only way I can describe it. And I actually I was like gasping when I was later on when I was reading through 
Revelation 1 because the description of Jesus there was so similar to what I was experiencing in that moment. And actually, like I, I remember the way when he came to me, he actually said one phrase from Revelation 1.8. He said, well, and I even in the encounter, I didn't know that this was straight from the scripture, but he said that I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Like that was... That was the exact phrase that he used, which is right before this description of Jesus in this chapter. And uh, if I read this description, it says that uh, I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands and among the lampstands was someone like a son of man dressed in the robe reaching down to his feet and with a golden sash around his chest. The hair on his head was white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and coming out of his mouth was a sharp double-edged sword. His face was like the sun, shining in all its brilliance. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead and now look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. Wow. <laughs> and uh, I mean, obviously, like I, I'm not comparing my encounter to the encounter that uh, John had in, in this in the book of Revelation. But I, I felt like it was I, all, I got to have a taste of what that was like, because the way how John is describing Jesus here, it was like, that's what I saw and experienced in that vision. And even to the point that I felt the same, like I fell face down, like I could not move. God's presence was so tangible and and his holiness was so piercing. And I, I actually remember seeing in the vision, like, I can't look, I can't look, it's too much. And I, I, I remember Jesus saying in that moment, like, you need to look. And, and it was like, I don't even know if he said this or if I just had this knowing, like, I needed to see him in all his glory. And and there was also this sense like in order for me to have the grace and the strength to walk through the things that he's calling me to walk through, I actually need to see him for who he is. I need to see how he's like. And uh, I still like, I, I become very emotional, tearful when I when I'm thinking back to that moment. Um, because it has literally been this anchor point for me when I have been walking through some very challenging things, like taking me back into that, like, but remember who Jesus is, like, he is the almighty. And, and if his presence is with me, that's, that's all that is needed. Like his presence is everything. Oh, um, and, uh, I, I, I know that like uh, God, God wants all of us to experience him. He wants all of us to know his heart. And um, 
and he wants to show us his glory. And uh, um, I, I was recently listening to this other uh, Bible teacher and he was talking about the difference between us operating, operating out of the gifting. You know, Bible says that God's giftings and his call are irrevocable. So he doesn't take them away no matter what happens and and there is there is total there's such a value in the gifts and um and also like in the anointing god god can give us an anointing for a specific assignment but uh the the giftings and anointing um that those can be people can even operate in them without having intimacy with Jesus but the but the glory realm when we get to tap into his manifest presence that's that gateway is only through intimacy that we we can only get into that place by by having an intimate relationship with him and and actually knowing knowing his heart and uh uh and that it's and that's the reason why I'm I'm so like I'm wanting to raise up worshipers. I'm I don't want to just raise up dancers. I want to raise up people who actually know the heart of Jesus that we get to enter into that place of his glory realm and uh, I there's a, a Psalm 24 that says that lift up your heads you gates be lifted up you ancient doors that the king of glory may come in. <laughs> wow. So <laughs> when we are the gates we are the ones who are lifting our heads, lifting our hands so that the King of Glory may come in. And, um, and all these like even like different manifestations of uh, God's glory, like all the, uh, the miracle realm and, and seeing God, God do tangible things and move like uh, the gate to enter into that place. It's intimacy and, and that we are not even just after after the miracles or signs or wonders that's not like when I say that I'm longing for God's glory I'm not just longing for another manifestation or another experience I'm I'm actually longing for his heart I'm actually wanting to know him in all of his fullness I I want to know his heart and and like it says in 2 Corinthians 3 18 that and we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the spirit. And that that is the place like when we actually get to be gazing at him, his face with unveiled faces that's the place where his glory actually transforms us, transforms us and turns us into, into his likeness, his character, that, that we get to walk in the same love that he has for people. Yeah. And I, I just, <laughs> I right now, I just pray, <laughs> Holy Spirit, I, I just ask that you would come right now and that any place in our lives that is holding us back, that is holding us back from entering into that place of intimacy. Lord, I just ask that you will remove those things. Yeah, Jesus, we long for you. We long for your presence. We want to see your kingdom come. We want to see your glory manifested. 
because we love you, because we love your presence. There's no one like you. There's nothing like you. There's nothing else that satisfies like your presence. Yeah. Yeah, God, I know that we are created for you. We are created for your pleasure. We are created to enjoy you. We are created for your glory. Yeah. Yeah, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Fill us afresh. We want to be intoxicated by your presence. We want to be transformed by your presence. We want to be the carriers of your presence. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You are so good. Ah, sorry for all the tears. I, <laughs> uh, yeah, but I, uh, I just, I, I bless you with, with that experiential knowledge of God's presence even this week, and I believe that God is wanting to come and encounter you like never before. In Jesus' name. Amen.